Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Well, hello and welcome back, everyone. Tim Ventura, filling in for Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Casual Friday on Real Estate Coaching Radio. This week, we're going to be talking about real estate transaction management and CRM systems, and I'm going to explain to you why this is so critical to the scalability and future success of your business. And, and trust me, it is. This is absolutely critical. So this is a live show. Our call-in number is 347-87-1195, or write me questions at Real Estate Coaching Radio. Again, that number was 347-857-1195. Also, if you want to schedule a free coaching call, I am on the roster, hiding at the very bottom of the page at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. But I'll tell you, the people that you want to schedule a call with are Tim and Julie, and uh, you know Rochelle wouldn't be bad to talk with either. Trust me, these folks are the real deal and they will you on track. Again, that's free coaching calls for agents.com. Okay, so this week's topic, CRMs and real estate transaction management. This has been a long time coming, both for me and probably for you as well. Now, the term itself probably sounds a little bit scary, so let me start out with a personal story about why this is crucial for your growth and success. But first, if you're listening to this thinking, He's talking about a CRM, all about CRMs. Then stop for a moment and really listen. A CRM, or Customer Relationship Manager, is valuable. But what I'm talking about is larger than just a CRM. If you're using Top Producer and think, think that solves all your problems, then think again. What I'm talking about is so big, so important, that if you don't already have a CRM and a real estate transaction management system in place, then you're going to fall behind the competition and ultimately lose sales, listings, and money as a result. So let me give you a personal story to explain this with a caveat. I mentioned this a moment ago. The story I'm going to share with you next is about BPOs, but what we're talking about today on today's show are traditional real estate transactions. So this BPO comparison here is just to illustrate how I first learned about this in real estate uh, and how that translates back to traditional sales. Okay, so back in 2009, when Nicole Ocean and I started a little company called the BPO Automation Group, we were developing and selling software to help agents capture broadcast BPO orders from top national vendors, as well as helping them to complete those orders automatically using information from their MLS. The software was not perfect, but it did work, and it worked well enough that pretty soon many of our customers had more BPOs than they knew what to do with. What we found was that the average agent could do a certain number of BPOs a week by themselves, and the agents who worked by themselves typically developed their own business processes and workflows to complete them. Uh, 
They'd have folders on their desktop for comp photos, MLS export files, all the stuff that goes along with doing a BPL. That what they do is they, they've set up, a lot of them had Windows PCs, or if they had a Mac, they could do this too. And we had a we had a collection of both. They would take all of the stuff that went into completing this BPO and store it on, you know, computer folders, right, on their desktop. And they had different strategies there, like they would have a backup hard drive or a network server or something like that. And so they would have the folders that they were working on on the desktop, and then when they finished the BPO, they would move it to the backup hard drive. You know, usually they had these things organized by street address. And, of course, when they were done, they'd move it to their backup and, and basically try to forget about it. Uh, well, that, that, worked, that worked well for small volumes of orders. But as you can imagine, the, there, there are some issues. Now, agents by nature are opportunity seekers. Uh, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about real estate. Uh, agents are also early adopters, although I would have to say that all of us sometimes kind of get in overheads as new technology emerges. Agents are no exception there. But during the three years that I was with BPO Automation, I saw some really, really creative solutions to how to keep these things organized. Now, I'm, I'm not saying creative necessarily in a good way, right? Now, one agent actually got a Wi-Fi connector for his digital camera turned his mobile phone into a hotspot, and uploaded geotagged photos into folders in the cloud as he took them. Like, they were organized by street address in real time. And I, I wish I could tell you how he did this, because I think this would be great for a lot of agents. Maybe I'll look it up for a future show. What he would do is he would drive around to the various properties that he needed to take photos of. And again, he's taking comp photos and stuff like that. So there, there were specific ones that he needed, right? The front, the side, the angle, you know, some of that stuff. I believe he was focused on exterior BPOs. He would uh, park the car, stand in front of the house, take his photos, and then basically press some kind of upload connector button on his camera. It would through his cell phone, upload it into this folder system in the cloud. It would all be there, and it would be organized by the time he got back to the office to do his files. Now, keep in mind that this was three years ago, so the cloud was really, I mean, it was there, right? It's been there for a long time, but not the way it is now. And, and this fellow had really researched and developed very sophisticated system that saved him a lot of time in preparing his comps. So that, that really impressed me. Now, even with creative geniuses like the agent that I just described to you, what we found was a pretty hard cutoff in terms of production. And I think this is where we start to hint at the need for the real estate transaction management system. What, I'm, what I mean is most agents can do a certain number of BPOs per week, and that varies from agent to agent, right? There are a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, but let's say you're out there doing BPOs yourself. For some folks, if you do more than 20 a week, that's it, right? You're just toast. And then there are others who are real go-to. Maybe they could do 60 a week, you know? But whatever that number is, what all agents run into is when they reach a certain point in doing BPOs, the part that they start to really run into trouble with is this nightmare of keeping all of the files, comps, and data organized. And the burden of organizing it all, the burden of keeping track of it all, starts to become more work than the actual work itself. 
So just imagine for a second that you're doing BPOs or it's something that you've done to stay alive during the economic downturn because I know tons of you have. Tons of you turn to BPOs to make money when there are really no other options. And I, I want to applaud you for doing that because that helped to feed your families. Nicole and I worked with a lot of you personally. And I'll, I'll tell you, what you guys did to bring it all together was admirable and truly remarkable. And if you think back, you'll think back to how difficult it was to keep all that stuff organized. Now, one of the things that a lot of agents did was start to form teams, right? This is something where uh, I understand that a couple of the major uh, real estate franchises are pushing teams on agents now. The BPO world, it was no exception. There were a lot of creative agents who would split the labor on their BPOs across several team members. They'd have one person driving around taking photos, another doing data entry, and another working with the asset manager or you know, doing miscellaneous stuff, managing the whole process, you, know, you, you name it. They would have different roles that each person would do. And this led to higher volume production line work. Right? But these folks had a nightmare of a time keeping it organized. Now, in some ways, having a team makes sense. It lets team members specialize in certain activities. It reduces the need to multitask, and it basically lets you get higher production levels than you could ever dream of by yourself. The problem with the team, especially when it comes to dealing with paperwork, is finding a business process that works for the team and lets you keep all that paperwork organized. Now, I, I want to tell you about a fellow that I met back in 2010. This, this fellow was an exception. There are actually two or three of him out there, and I worked with all of them. There may have been more, but I know of at least two or three of them. This gentleman had put together a team, and uh, he, he'd gotten some, kind of some sweetheart deals in a few regional areas, now, while other teams had five or six people, right, when you think of people working together to do BPOs, you may have heard of teams doing, you know, five or six people. Some of the larger ones might have ten. Um, those were out there. We worked with dozens, dozens of teams that size, if not hundreds, maybe more. Uh, this guy had 20 people or more on his team, 20 that I knew of, completing over 2,000 BPO orders a week. And I believe at their peak, I think they were actually doing more than that, but uh, at this point, they were doing 2,000 BPO orders a week, every single week. That includes the kickback orders that inevitably came back because the asset manager didn't like the comps or whatever, right? Because that happens fairly often. And, and I think this plays into our organizational strategy is you're doing this paperwork you're doing it you know, for property after property, transaction after transaction, and not all of those go perfectly. You've got lots of rework going on. And the problem is, unless you have a strategy for handling that rework, well, it just gets put back into your regular pipeline, and that makes things even more confusing. So when I started working with them, uh, he, of course, we were helping him with the automation software, and so he didn't just, you know, come forward and say, "Here's my system." But I did eventually find out what his secret was. He had a custom-written transaction management system put together that he had had programmers in India develop, 
and that let him manage the entire life cycle of a BPO order, including all the photos, paperwork, and submission details that went along with it. It took something that other agents were struggling with and made it super simple. And the system itself forced his team members to follow a business process that he developed, which meant that he could hire and fire as need be without having to worry about retraining. Right? So there are a couple of different things there. Again, I, I'm going from my speaking notes. I spent uh, quite a bit of time you know, trying to go through and get the key points of this for you. So let me, uh, let me in here really quick on that. One of the things in a team like that, this particular gentleman was working in the Los Angeles area, and he was working with people who knew the neighborhoods. And he had a certain geographic farm, I guess you could call it, for BPOs. I don't know if that's the correct word in that context. But, um, but what was going on there was, of course, he was always doing you know, new neighborhoods. Old neighborhoods were changing. Uh, and then the, the folks themselves, he would kind of basically friend of a friend, right? He'd find somebody to job. Hey, drive around. Take some photos. Here's a camera. Here's what the photos look like. I'll pay you X number of dollars per each. And so – People came and went in his system, right? Maybe hiring and firing is kind of a strong word. It seemed like it was a little bit more mellow than that in some ways. It was kind of like, well, this guy's working with us today. He's driving around taking photos in these neighborhoods. Well, the, the problem was if you have a custom system, right, if you're shuffling papers around a desk or you're moving files around your computer desktop, stuff like that's difficult because you've got a lot of different organizational strategies at work, you have different hands in the pie, you have different people touching the same files, and now all of a sudden you've introduced somebody new into the system, and they don't know all those little bits and pieces that people who have been there for a while take for granted. So that was a challenge. And what he had done was gone out and gotten this high-volume BPO system developed. He actually showed it to me. He let me play around in it. He, I, I, he, uh, we were in a go-to meeting once, and he let me take the controls and go through the system a little bit. I was stunned, stunned, not only at the number of BPOs that were in it. I mean, right, this thousands of BPOs per week, this adds up pretty fast. Um, not only the number of BPOs that were in it, but also how well it was organized, he had it organized by due date, and so you had this perfect snapshot. You go into the system, and you could see all of the transactions that were currently going on. You could see the past ones. You could see if they were accepted or rejected for kickback. You could see the, the upcoming ones. Not only could you see what was upcoming, you could see what tasks were due on each one. And then he clicked through a couple buttons, and he showed me, they had had a system to show which of his staff members were on track, which were falling behind, and which were his top performers. So just imagine how, how difficult this process would be. If you were moving files and folders around a desktop, this would be a nightmare. I don't know if anybody could do 2,000 a week, even if they were using some kind of network hard drive type deal. And yet with this system, the system itself, told the people who were using it what it needed for an order to be completed and submitted. And if the reject came back, if they got a kickback, the system would tell people that it needed rework. Absolutely amazing. So this took a high-volume operation and made it even bigger. 
yet he could manage the entire thing. He could manage the entire operation from his laptop while he was on the road. And in fact, there were a few times when I had called him with software-related stuff, and he'd indicated that he was. He was on the road. He was at a conference. He was at a meeting. You know, and He logged in, and he could see the entire status of everything all at once. So again, this was, I don't know, three, four years ago, and that was BPOs. So what does this have to do with today's market? Today's market's recovering, right? BPOs are still around. They'll always be around. And in fact, for BPO using software, for, for people who are using BPO automation software, because I stay in touch with my old company, that's a pretty good market. There's still a lot of BPOs being done. However, it's not the same market. Today's market is recovering. Housing values are coming back up. And let's face it, a lot of us do not want to be in that BPO market. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I – and I'm gonna, again, I'm going to take a little aside here. I, I used to talk a lot with my customers. And uh, it was interesting because in terms of financial payouts – uh, when that market was hot, people doing BPOs, especially once you can organize a team, they almost as much doing that, sometimes more than they made doing traditional sales. Um, what we what we found, I shouldn't say what we found, what what a lot of folks found and they shared with us was that you know not everybody had the the system in place, right? The kind of system that Tim and Julie Harris teach coaching students. Not everybody had the system in place to be a great real estate sales agent or listing agent. But a lot of those same folks did have analytical skills to become really good at BPOs. So, you know, there was a plus side to it. But the downside, as everyone knows, again, the market was falling apart. Our primary customers at that time, our primary customers were Los Angeles and Phoenix, those were the two biggest markets, and Las Vegas was following close behind. Those three cities, those were the ones where we got the most calls. Los Angeles at the time, as much as I love L.A., I had the impression that it was kind of like the seventh level of hell in around 2009, 2010. It was foreclosure after foreclosure after foreclosure. People getting kicked out on the streets. It was just a nightmare. And the agents that we talked to who were in the middle of it, and again, this is why I applaud, I absolutely cannot say enough about the integrity and perseverance of agents through that. If you made it through that market, you deserve an award because it was so difficult for people's psyches. It was so difficult emotionally. There was so much pain and heartbreak. And if you were in real estate, you saw it again and again and again and again. And that's not today. Today we're seeing optimism. With Tim and Julie Harris, because I obviously I, I'm well aware of what, what's going on in the world there, they are having agents coming to them saying, a new market is emerging and it's happening in a place where I never thought that would happen. So I think that we're all very blessed in that way. And after this quick commercial break, we're going to get back to what a CRM is, what a transaction management system is, and why these are super critical for your business.
right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you're asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. And welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. This is Tim Ventura filling in for Tim and Julius. Welcome back to Casual Friday on Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are talking about real estate transaction management, although we did go off on a brief tangent talking about the BPO world and the last few years of downturn. But now we are going to come back to traditional sales and why CRMs and transaction management platforms and why combining these is absolutely, completely, totally critical for your business. This is a live show. Our call-in number is 347-857-115. Write me, questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. And I want to remind you again, I'm on the roster at free coaching calls for agents.com. If you haven't visited there yet, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Free coaching calls for agents.com. Okay, so we were talking about the last few years in BPOs, some of the difficulties that people went through keeping those organized. And again, 
this was a prelude to the traditional sales market that we were that we're coming back into today. Okay, and I guess the question that we're asking is, what does this have to do with it? Well, let's start with some definitions. A CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, okay? When Tim and Julie Harris interviewed top-producing Hollywood broker Valerie Fitzgerald, she talked about the incredible, ultimate importance of her database, now, they've done a lot of superstar interviews. Valerie was uh, definitely an amazing interview, but she is not the only person who's talked about that. Uh, she called it her database. I kind of liked that term. I thought it sounded kind of, uh, I don't know, it was kind of catchy, I guess, in, in a way. Her database was really what Julie would call her past client and center of influence list, as well as her collection of uh, current leads and prospects, right? So what is your database? We're not talking about we're not talking about the software, right? We're talking about the actual data itself. That database is your leads, the people that you've sold in the past, the people that you work with. When you when you pick up the phone to call people and say, "Hey, how's it going? Are you, you know, are you doing any real estate? Do you have anything coming up?" That's your database. And it's bigger, trust me, it's bigger than you realize. Uh, one of the things that Tim and Julie Harris talk about in their coaching programs is how to uh, really brainstorm and how to reach out to make that database uh, sometimes two, three, four times bigger than you would ever realize that it is. You'd be amazed at the people you know. You'd be amazed at the people that you know who were interested in real estate. And that is just past client center of influence. Now, taking into account your leads and prospects also, right? You've got inbounds. You have people who call in inquiring about a property. If you're in property management, oh, golly, you've got tons and tons of leads and prospects from that. So this database, this is all of your contact information for all of these people. And you might be storing that in an Excel spreadsheet. And if you are, that's scary. Or I use Microsoft Outlook. If you're storing it in Outlook, even scarier. Those weren't really designed for that. They were designed for, uh, you know, they were designed for storing basic contact information, sure, but they weren't designed to store information in a way that's that's really built towards sales, marketing, and lead follow-up. They were designed more in terms of, okay, here's a specific person I'm thinking about. What's their phone number? What's their email? Right? That's that's the way stuff like that works. But you need to put that in as a CRM. Now, according to Wikipedia, a CRM lets you organize, automate, and synchronize sales, marketing, customer service, and tech support. In other words, you create a record for each contact, and all these interactions that they have with that contact go into that record. Now, CRM software, like top producer or Salesforce, also lets you automate emailing, lead scoring, appointment scheduling, and more importantly, it lets anyone on your team learn about the customer's past interactions with anybody else on the team. I'm, I'm stressing that as much as possible. So it lets anyone on your team learn about the customer's past interactions with anyone else on the team. So if the customer calls and references a street address, if you're using a CRM, you find out what property they're talking about without having to ask a bunch of questions. 
you know, like, why are you calling? Who are you working with? What is this in reference to? Is this a sale or a listing? The kind of stuff that you might ask if you're trying to figure out where you can find them, all you really need to know now is that basic. Like, if you've got them listed by street address, right, that basic info, you can look them up by that. All of a sudden, you know. You know what they've done in the past. You know what they're supposed to be doing in the future, hopefully. So CRM software lets you create kind of a sales and marketing workflow. This includes scheduling reminders for lead follow-up, integration with drip email campaigns, and all sorts of goodies that go along with maintaining some form of contact with those people in your database. So the CRM isn't just a spreadsheet, right? It's not like Outlook. It is different. It also lets you automate. It lets you schedule reminders, follow up with this person on this date and time. It lets you automate emails. It will automatically send emails. You can integrate that with Drip email campaign software. I believe Salesforce may actually do a couple of small Drip things itself. Uh, there, there are all sorts of things that you can do with this that you're never going to see in your emails, e- email software. Uh, or, you know, I mean, obviously, right above there, the, the, the fact that they can call in and you can find the entire customer interaction in their record is something you'd never get an email. In the past, it was, uh, you know, they called in, they talked to, maybe they talked to Joe on your team, you know, and then they call back a few minutes later and they talk to Bob. Well, Joe and Bob, they have no idea that, that either one of them has talked to the person, you know, and that that can be confusing and that can cost you money. If it's important, it may turn the customer off. Maybe they say, you know what, these guys don't know what they're doing. I'm going someplace else. If it's in a CRM, it's all in one place so they can get the whole story. Your team members can get the whole story, right? So those are kind of some of the things that a CRM does. What a CRM is not good at is transaction workflow. I want to kind of delineate, you know, we've already kind of gone through, it's a sales and marketing engine. It's for contact and lead follow-up. It's for those interactions with the customer specifically, especially in the sales and kind of marketing capacity. Once they become a customer, we're kind of crossing a boundary there. Once once that sale is in progress, once they've said yes, they're in your system and you're processing their sale or listing, and you can keep some notes on that in the CRM, but these systems were not designed to manage that entire process. And when people try to use a CRM for that, it usually ends up causing a lot of headaches for everybody. Now, I can't speak to top producers specifically about that, but I can speak for Salesforce. Salesforce can be tweaked and changed and modified to do just about anything you would ever want. Uh, It's kind of scary how much you can do with it. But at the same time, it's kind of scary how much it costs to do that. And once you have a custom solution like that in place, usually that takes weeks or months for a custom specialist to come in and write and configure for you. Once that's built, uh, you're stuck with it. And you've got a custom process. You have a unique process. And so there are some real downsides to that. I've seen people do it. I've seen people configure Salesforce to do all sorts of stuff that it really wasn't built for. And there are plugins in there to make it do even more that it wasn't really built for. 
But there's a caveat to it. It's expensive, and it makes it custom. It makes it hard to configure, right? Hard to, uh, harder to use. It wasn't built for it. So let's go on next to what a real estate transaction management system is. And that's really the point of this whole call. It only took me half an hour to get there. Real estate transaction management system, right? It's a computer system, kind of like a CRM, that lets you manage your sales and listings through the entire life cycle of the sales process. So it's not just getting them to say yes. It's kind of what happens after they say yes. Yeah, I will list my home with you. Or, yeah, let's buy this. Okay, they're in the system. Great. The real estate transaction management system reminds you of when tasks are due. It lets you know if paperwork is completed, what stage of the sales process each order is in, and gives you statistics to track your performance over time. It's a system that lets you split up your real estate transactions across multiple team members, right? CRM does the same thing. This is one of the benefits that both platforms have. This is super ultra important because if you plan to go plan to grow, the number one challenge in having multiple people touching the same paperwork is making sure that they know the correct status of each order, right? So you have a transaction that's in progress. You've got multiple pieces of paperwork for each one that have to be signed, dated, stamped, filed, all of that stuff. And things get dropped on the cracks. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you're asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? 
at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, and we're back. And in case you're wondering, I have two puppy dogs who sit with me during the show, and sometimes they make noise. So I should apologize for the interruption. This is Tim Vera filling in for Tim and Julie Harris. This is Casual Friday on Real Estate Coaching Radio, and we're talking about real estate transaction management, and I'm explaining why this is so critical to the future of your business. It's a live show. Give me a call at 347-857-1195 or write me questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Okay, so we went through what a CRM was. We were in the middle of planning a real estate transaction management system when I was so rudely interrupted by the dogs. And let's get back to it. A real estate transaction management system is a system that lets you go paperless. It's nice to save trees but you want to save your sanity first by making all that paperwork as easy to find as possible. And if you're keeping it all in file drawers, that's not easy. You probably still will have some paper. Probably never going to get rid of it entirely, at least not in our lifetime. But the idea is to keep as much of it organized online in the real estate transaction management system as possible and then you're only relying on the paper that you absolutely have to. In addition to going paperless, in today's world, this is a system that lets you access it from anywhere. So not only is that paper obviously digitally stored, right? It's online. It's in the cloud. You can get to it from anywhere. So if you need reference a part of the deal, you've got something that needs to be signed, you're not sure if it is, or you need some, you know, some miscellaneous uh, whatever, Whatever it is, you need to check that paperwork, and you're on the road, you're with a client at their house, maybe sitting at their table going through things with them, you can log in remotely. Find what you need without hunting through your email, God forbid, or looking through file folders on a network drive, or having someone in your office physically go through a file, find a real piece of paper. You can find it all online. It's all stored there. This is also a system that lets you streamline communications. Real estate transaction management means that the system is the common hub for communications while an order is being processed. And this means that everybody who's involved is being automatically notified as required. So you're connected in the system with everybody who's involved with each deal. You don't have to look up the people involved with the deal. Who's handling this part of finance? Who's handling the inspections? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? They're all in the system. They're with the deal. And their part of the task is in there with it. 
And I'll come back and describe that a little bit more in a bit. This is a system that gives you an audit trail and you hold your team members accountable. And that is, that's also giant, giant, right? You want to be able to know who did what, when they did it, and if they missed that deliverable, you want to be notified that it needs to be completed. You don't want to have to think that you're done with the deal and then find out, hey, guess what? You know, Joe down in accounting missed this piece of paper. No, you, you want to have it all and you want to have it current. And if something isn't there, you want to know that it's not there. Now, a thing that a lot of real estate transaction management systems do, and I'm just kind of throwing this in. This isn't in my notes, but one of the things that I've noticed, having talked to several of them, having worked with a few, and having gone through even more of them online, DocuSign integration is becoming pretty much standard. And I, I'm, I think it's neat. The DocuSign, I'm seeing more and more of DocuSign out there. It's becoming more and more prevalent. If you're not using DocuSign yet, you should probably take a look at it. Uh, today alone, I did two different DocuSign documents for uh, various projects that we're involved with. Um, you know, and it's it's not considered strange anymore, right? It used to be you'd fax stuff over, you'd have to sign it by hand and all that. Not anymore. Now it's DocuSign. These real estate transaction management systems are integrating with DocuSign. So that paperwork that you need done, it doesn't have to be scanned anymore. A lot of it was never paper in the first place. And again, that's a giant, tremendous, light year jump into the future for any kind of business process. You're able to get rid of that paper from the get-go. You're not scanning it and storing it. It never existed as paper in the first place. And integration with DocuSign lets you do that. And again, that provides you with accountability. So not only is that task in the system, not only does it tell you who was assigned to do the task, whether or not they did it on time, if it was done correctly, now the paperwork is signed, stamped, sealed, right in there with it. So anyhow, the difference between these two is, in essence, a CRM is a tool that lets you organize, manage, and automate your sales and lead generation with your prospect list, and your real estate transaction management system is responsible for handling the business workflow involved with all of the orders that you generate through your CRM. By using these tools together, and that is the key, that is the big thing. By using these tools together, what we've created is a production line for buying or selling homes. It's your production line, and that has very serious consequences for the future of the industry. That is why I think that this is, I just cannot stress enough how big this is. Now, I want to give you a warning. As you know, I don't make predictions very often, but based on what I've seen with my own eyes, let me say this. More than anything else in real estate, the advent of real estate transaction management is going to define the haves and the have-nots of this new market that we're in. Now, it's possible that Tim and Julie would disagree with me. Obviously, I have a more technical bent than they do. They are definitely more focused on on sales and uh, lead generation, and you know, they're, they're real estate agents. I'm a tech guy. There's there's a difference, but but. I'm looking at this from a business perspective, from a technology perspective, from a throughput perspective. I want you to forget social media, 
Forget buying leads from Zillow or Trulia. Forget all of the gimmicks and get-rich-quick schemes in the industry and stop to think for a minute. Nearly 100 years ago, when Henry Ford introduced the production line to manufacture cars, what happened to all the companies around the country that were building cars by hand? You know, people forget that there were dozens of car manufacturers building vehicles by hand, creating wonderful, beautiful machines. There there were amazing, amazing, these hand-built automobiles. There were companies all over the country building these things. But when Henry Ford introduced the production line, his competitors disappeared virtually overnight. They simply couldn't keep up. He had a production line. They did not. Real estate transaction management is your production line. Okay, so this idea of having your workflow, having a business workflow in a system that manages it, that manages who does what, when they do it, what the deliverable is, and stores it all in one place, this is not a new idea. In fact, in some ways, I would say that uh, the move towards transaction management systems like this is sweeping across business, across the world, in America, in all sorts of industries at the moment. Uh, the problem that we're solving here is not new. In essence, you have a large number of people in your fulfillment pipeline. Once they've made it over the hurdle of saying yes, you need to do a series of actions with each of those people to finish the sale. And by the way, those actions take place over a long period of time. They involve multiple people, and you need to keep a record of all those actions. So I'm going, to, I'm going to give you another quick story here uh, to outline another industry that faced the same challenge. A long time ago, I worked at AT&T Wireless, managing their provisioning department, and had exactly the same issue. Folks would decide that they wanted AT&T service, so they would talk to our sales group. They would get entered into a CRM, and they'd go through all of the interactions that are involved with buying a phone, right? Like, what phone number do you want? What kind of phone? Uh, you know, no, local number portability. Do you want to keep your number, move from another phone company, or do you want a brand new number? There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into uh, getting a new phone. And all of that stuff went into the CRM. Now, after they said yes, they'd be moved from the CRM into a provisioning management system which was the phone company equivalent of your real estate transaction management platform. Over a period of hours or days, various people would go into these AT&T systems, apply all sorts of settings to this person's account, and get them set up and working. Now, one example of that is um, the phone company has a big network, and when you get a new phone number, you have to get that phone number out into the network, and that takes a special engineer they use a piece of software to do that so you have one person who goes into a system with the customer on the phone and says yeah that phone number is available is that the number you want the customer yeah, eventually they decide on one they like they say yes i want that phone number okay so they write it down and then they hand that to somebody in the engineering team the engineering team takes that phone number and puts it into the system and says when someone dials this phone number it goes to this person's house Right? or this person's phone, depending on how they did it. So, 
For AT&T, this was a production line for new customers. This transaction management system literally stored, literally, a checklist of actions required to set up the new customer, who was responsible for each of those actions, and then it would notify the appropriate team member to do something at the correct time, and when they completed their action, it would wait until the next action was required, then notify someone else to do that, and on and on and on, until the customer was finally set up and ready to go. Does this sound familiar? This is exactly the same thing that we're facing in real estate. If you're buying and selling a house, there are a bunch of actions that go into that, and they're not always the same actions. It depends if the customer is buying or selling. It depends on all sorts of specific things that go into each order. Now, just like the AT&T example, your real estate transaction management software is going to organize, track, and manage all of those tasks. It's the glue that's going to keep your team together and organized as they work on multiple orders simultaneously. You know, these systems, they didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, they, they evolved over time. For a long time, real estate was done on paper, just like, just like everything else, just like all business processes. You know, the MOS used to be a big book full of listings. And the fax machine in your office probably ran 24 by 7, right, for a while. If you wanted to talk to somebody, you used to pick up a phone. And if you needed to sign paperwork, you scheduled an in-person appointment with them on the phone to do it. And that, that all started to change in the 90s. All of a sudden, we had email online MLS systems, a bunch of new technologies that started to appear. And then after that, we started to get social media with Facebook and LinkedIn and a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, and we still use phone, right? We, we still use fax machines sometimes. But we had a ton of new time-saving digital products arriving in the 90s and, and into the spillover into the 2000s as well. But none of them really communicated well together. So everybody was coming up with makeshift systems to accomplish these business goals. Uh, one good example of that is uh, fax-to-scan software. People fax it into a machine, and then it scans it automatically into a PDF, and then it goes into those folders on your desktop for a lot of folks. Um, you know, there are a lot of makeshift devised systems that come up. And, of course, there are products that kind of help some of those, but really the whole thing kind of becomes like a chewing gum, duct tape, bailing wire mess, okay? So now it's 2014. This is, uh, you know, it's 10 years later, really. We've made it through the crash. We're starting to make a comeback. Most offices are well on their way to becoming paperless, and we've got all these makeshift systems in place for our digital technologies. And what we're finding is that these digital files can be just as cluttered, disorganized, and confusing as paper ever was. So the trend in this decade will be integration. I, I wouldn't have any doubts about that. Make no mistake, building a seamless pipeline between these various systems so that they communicate with each other, with your clients, and with you, and they do it seamlessly. Integration is this decade, right? It's not just Facebook anymore. It's Facebook, 
talking to your email client, talking to whatever else it needs to. It's your email client talking to your phone, you know. You can use your iPhone now to do all sorts of stuff that you couldn't before. You can check your email. You can check your Facebook on your phone. It's integration. It's bringing together things that used to be separate and discrete. Now they are coming together and they communicate with each other, okay? And so what we're talking about with your CRM and a real estate transaction management system is doing the same thing with your business processes, now, by now, hopefully you can see the advantages of having a professional, end-to-end, integrated workflow for the entire sales and listing process rather than, bunch, rather than simply a bunch of systems, paper and procedures strung together. And if that strung together approach describes your business, then I would consider this the best time to look at a CRM and transaction management system to move your team onto. When you think about it, this is a great time to migrate into one of these systems. I mean, for the last few years, the market's been upside down. Everybody's just been hanging on, trying to survive in the marketplace. For a lot of companies, it hasn't made sense to get involved with moving everything into another workflow on another system when they weren't sure if they'd even found it a month or two to use it. But that is not today's market. What we have right now is a growing consumer confidence increasing demand in the marketplace, and a big vacuum in terms of real estate experts to capitalize on it. So ask yourself this. Do you want to get into the race in a piece-together jalopy, or would you rather show up in something like a Ferrari? Because what we're talking about with CRMs and these integrated real estate transaction management systems, it's, it's a race. It's built to win. And it doesn't cost what a Ferrari does either. Now, today I'm not going to go into real-life examples of these systems. We are almost out of time, and there are tons of systems, tons. Trust me, there's probably more than you would guess. You could, you could be on Google for a couple of hours and not even scratch the surface when it comes to systems and then systems that work together and integration between them and yada, yada, yada. But stay tuned to Real Estate Coaching Radio because over the next few weeks, Tim and Julie Harris and myself are going to be doing some use with some of the companies that are changing the way real estate is done in the 21st century. We're going to be talking to some of the pioneers that are bringing these systems to market. We're going to be learning about the differences between these systems and how they can apply to you. And if you think that it takes a team to get onto one of these, you're wrong. You should be looking at these as an individual agent. Get your workflow established now, and as the team grows, as you add people, they will fit into something that works from day one. It's easier to do it by yourself, to learn the in and outs and teach somebody else, than it is to have four or five people using a patched-together system and then try and get them all into it all at once. So this is the time. And if you want more information, definitely visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com. I am on the roster. Stay tuned to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and I want to thank you again for your time. Have a wonderful weekend. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.